What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deer Vein Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Heller. This is episode 10, finally hitting that mark. And today we're going to go over how to be successful during the rut by sitting all day. And this podcast doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit all day. It's just where you can sit all day and be successful. So, you know, it, we almost always, as hunters, we really like evening sits because A, we don't like to get up in the morning. <laughs> really, let's be honest about that. And B, most of the year, a midday sit doesn't do you any good, so we're not going to waste our time. And C, an evening sit is great because you can usually catch deer. It's much easier to catch deer coming out to a food source, such as a food plot or an egg field or some acorns or an apple tree in the evening than it is to try to catch deer back in their bedding areas, way tucked back in there, way far back, and in some really thick stuff. Like that's hard to hunt. So in general, we typically will sit evening. But during the rut, when deer are going crazy and everything's going wild, sitting all day can provide you a lot of success. And I've seen over the last few years, I started sitting all day. I didn't usually, um, just because I didn't want to sit all day. Really, that's what it came down to. I didn't want to sit in a tree stand for 12 hours. Um, But once I started doing that, I actually found I saw a lot of deer movement between 11 and 1 in the afternoon. And I have a theory as to why that is, but I'll keep that for a little bit later. Uh, I want to kind of start chronologically here. And just start with, first of all, like what, let's start with deer movement during the rut. And then we'll jump into from there. Then we'll go like where you should sit in the mornings, midday and evenings. If you should move, when you should move, or should you just stay in the spot all day, uh, different scenarios like that. And, uh, and just get into that. And, and that's when we'll discuss the, why I think uh, deer movement happens a lot between 11 to one. So just jumping into into deer movement during the rut. Does in general are still on their exact same pattern, which they're always on, which is food, bedding, water. It's just, you know, food, bedding, water, or water, bedding, food. They're doing the exact same thing as they always do. They want to go to bed and be safe and lay around all day, and they want to get up in the evening. They want to go find a food source. They want to hang out in that food source all night. Maybe they get their water from that food source. Maybe they don't. And then they also, if they don't get their water, they'll go grab a drink, go lay to bed, lay back down for the bed for the day, and that's that's their life. You know, three primary areas: just food or bedding, food, water, and rotate. So they're doing the exact same thing. Bucks, on the other hand, actually, I should jump back. Does will kind of vary slightly when they are in estrus, like they have a biological need to get bread, and that actually gets them up and moving a little bit more. It lets it pushes them to go to scrapes and let other bucks know and other deer know that they are in estrus. So does will emit their pheromones. They'll emit just a scent that says to bucks, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready to be bred, come get me. And uh, I believe a doe, a doe isn't like, they don't have sex with just one buck. Like when they're in heat, when they're hot, they can have sex with, you know, five, six, seven, eight bucks, however many bucks are in the area at that time. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the biggest buck is going to pass on his genes. So when you're when you're driving around during the rut, say it's November 8th, and there's a doe out in the field, and a buck's pushing her around and just wide open, middle of the day, bucks 
pushing a doe around you're like oh my gosh the rut is going hard right now in this buck's chasing the reason he's got that doe out in the middle of the field is because she's hot she's in estrus and he doesn't want any other bucks coming in there to breed her he wants to breed her so what he does is he pushes her out in that area where he can see where anyone else is coming from and he can keep in tabs on her and if any other buck comes out in that area he can fight them off but generally you 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 usually only see really big bucks doing this because they know that when they're out in that field and they're <clears throat> on that doe if a small buck comes out to that field edge looks up and he sees that giant buck he's not really going to come out there and try to breed that doe he's going to be like oh crap like i wish i could breed her but if i go out there i'm going to get my ass kicked and it's not going to be good so a lot of times it's it's a lot of intimidation factor as well when that buck has that doe out in the middle of the field. But anyway, uh, and that would also allow that doe to be bred generally within the next, you know, over the course of four, three, four hours by that same buck, you know, over and over again. Or, you know, maybe it's a lot less than that. Maybe it's only, you know, 30 minutes. I, I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that that's generally why bucks will push those does out into the field. And then it would make sense that um, if that buck is really trying to pass on his genetics, that he would breed that doe continually every time she kind of asks for it over the next hour or two. Um, and it's just him, and that way the odds of his genetics being passed on are very high. So that is kind of what does are doing and and they're just doing their thing letting bucks know that they're in estrus bucks in general are not not really doing the bedding food water they're more or less just running around trying to find does in estrus that's what they're up to and that's why you see so many of them that's why most people kill a nice buck during the rut is because they kind of throw caution to the wind and just go wherever what they're doing is running around checking doe bedding areas does will generally bed in different areas than bucks bucks are bigger more mature bucks are like solo creatures they don't really want to be around a lot of other deer so what they'll do is bed all all on their own and does will usually bed together that that's uh why in the winter if you're out scouting or looking around looking for sheds or whatever and you see you know a bunch of deer beds all around each other you know three four five six beds that's a doe bedding area because all those does like to bed up together. When you find just a solo bed, that's usually a buck bed because uh, they like to just bed solo. So they're, these bucks are running around. They're, they're in their bed. They get up. They go and check all these different doe bedding areas. Some of them during the rut will just literally lay in a doe bedding area and wait for does to come back, which is you know a great strategy in my opinion. Uh, but at the same time, doe bedding areas usually aren't as safe as buck bedding areas. So the bucks like to be in their area because they find it the safest. When they're starting to bed in other deer's area areas, they generally it's not as safe. So they're always a little bit more on edge. But anyway, they're running around checking those doe bedding areas. Uh, they're always checking based on the downwind side. So the so if you got a north wind and you got a, a doe bedding area, say it's like an acre size area, they're gonna run the south edge of that. So you can really set up for that if you know where those trails are and you generally know where they're gonna be or where they're gonna try to pass through. So you got that uh, doe bedding area 
and it's a north wind, like I said, there's a trail right outside that doe bedding area. Like, and generally what I'm, in my brain, I'm thinking that that doe bedding area is just a wall thicket of nastiness and it's usually fairly decently defined and uh, there's a trail, you know, leading into it, um, running right around it or whatever and um, you know where that trail is. So say it's 10 yards outside that bedding area, well you need to set up about 30 to 40 yards outside that bedding area and on the south wind side as well so then that buck will pass between you and that doe bedding area and he's going to be sniffing it looking north into that bedding area and you're going to be watching him come around that south side and scent checking that area and uh, hopefully then you get a shot so that's how you want to set up on doe bedding areas um and that happens for food sources as well that happens for a lot of different things anywhere you think a buck will be scent checking an area uh, which is mainly bedding areas and food sources. So in the even in like I just described the bedding area scenario with food sources, you know, say you got a food plot, it's you know five acres out there, and there's a bunch of does in it. And again, you have a north wind. He's gonna run the south edge hillside, the south edge of that food plot, smelling all those does out there, seeing if any of them are in estrus. It's much much faster for them to do that than it is for them to actually go out there and individually check them. So they're gonna just run that south edge with that wind in their face and they're gonna be looking or scent checking all those does out in the field that are eating. And again, you wanna be set up so that that buck will pass between you and those does. So you don't wanna set up right on that field edge because 90% of the time that buck, if, if you ever have been on an agriculture field and you know there's deer using it, all you have to do is just walk 10, 15, 20 yards into the woods and you're gonna find the, a trail that just runs the edge of that field. And deer don't, again, they don't like to expose themselves. I say this a lot, but they, they, those bucks would rather run that trail that, that parallels the field edge and they'll run that five, 10 yards inside the woods so that they're, they're scent checking out into that field and they're not exposing themselves at the same time. So you need to set up you know, again, 20, 30, 40 yards off the field edge so that when they run that trail, they think they're hidden, they think they can smell everything and it's all in their favor, yet you're just one step ahead of them and they're passing between you and those does and you're able to, to get off a 10, 15, 20 yard shot at this buck who has absolutely no idea you're there. So that's, so anyway, bucks are checking doe bedding areas, they're scent checking food sources, they're usually on the downwind side and they're just looking for does and estrus. And they're also uh, checking scrapes. So that's also a great spot to catch them as well. And they don't always circle in downwind on scrapes or anything like that. Generally, they're not expecting any sort of danger and they're not really exposing themselves too much when they're checking scrapes. So they're just going there. Um, they can be with the wind or against the wind. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter to them. And they'll get in there and they'll just sniff around They'll, they'll lick their branch, they'll pee on it themselves, and then keep moving on. So that's also, I mean, they'll keep those scrapes up throughout the entire rut. And for me, the rut generally runs, in my brain, November 1st to about 
November like 17th or 18th, something like that. For those two and a half weeks, you're generally going to get a ton of deer movement um, all throughout the day. And bucks just chasing does, bucks looking to breed, does looking to breed. It's going to be a great time in the woods. So that's coming up. It's October 30th right now when I'm making this. So um, I'm trying to do this stuff a few days in advance. So as you guys are um, going into rut, you have an idea as to what to expect and, and what you should be up to. So uh, checking scrapes is a good spot to be in, but really the primary spot that I would highly suggest is if you know where doe bedding areas are, that's where I would set up um, and spend most of my time. So with all that being said, where I'm going to jump into actual, the actual information that we're talking about today is where to sit all day. Uh, and that's a great, it's a great question. And one I personally have experimented with a lot and I've had a lot of success with it. I've had a lot of failures with it. I've had plenty more failures than I have success, had successes with it. And that generally runs, um, true for anything. You know, I've sat nine times this year and I've seen deer twice. I have a very aggressive style and kind of all or nothing style of hunting. Um, I'm either going to see something and it's going to be within 30 yards. And I'm going to be able to shoot it or I'm not going to see anything at all. You know, that's generally how I go. And on new properties, I always strike out a lot at first, but, uh, but eventually I do get something close. And when I see it, I'm able to shoot it. So that's my style of hunting. Uh, and when you sit, I don't know how I got off on that tangent really, but, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So sitting, sitting all day, there's a lot of different, um, ways you can sit all day. And the first one being, um, first one being sitting in the exact same spot all day. And that's all you're doing is just hoping that something comes by in the same spot, or you can kind of move around throughout the day based on what you think is, is best. And that's actually the option that I have chosen to do most of the time after sitting all day, multiple times, you, it's kind of like either the spot's good or it's not. That's what I've kind of come up to. And if it's good in the morning, it's probably going to be good all day. If it's not good in the morning, it might not, it's probably not going to be good all day. That's my personal experience. I'm sure many of you have tried this and have had different luck where it's great in the morning and then sucks the rest of the day or it sucks in the morning and then it's great, you know, in the evening. Uh, it kind of depends on where you're going. But for me, when I'm breaking down an all day sit, I'm looking at either the three times of the day. You got the morning, which is, let's just call it, it sunrises at 7 a.m. So you got 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's the morning for me. Midday is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then evening is 2 p.m. to 6. So that's how I break down the day. And in the morning, uh, deer are, does are going back to their bedding areas. So naturally during the rut, the bucks are gonna follow. So bedding areas are where you want to sit in the morning. Uh, if you can get right in them, that's a that's a very extremely aggressive scenario. I like to pref I prefer to hunt the edges of them and just have uh, the wind in my favor, regardless of how it sets up. I just always like I try to stay as mobile as I can. And if I know where a bedding area is, like generally, if you're looking at your trail cameras and you're catching deer at four three, four, five in the morning, and they're generally headed one direction, that bedding, there's at probably a bedding area within, you know, a hundred yards or so of that, of that trail camera. 
Uh, deer will, you know, that's one really easy way to figure out that I found to figure out where bedding areas are. You lay your trail cameras out around, around your whole property and say you're only getting pictures of deer, like going this direction, say they're only going east between three and 5 a.m. That means they're headed to a bedding area in the morning. And also vice versa, if you're getting them only in the evening, say it gets dark at uh, 7 p.m. and you're getting deer between like 6 and 8 p.m. only heading west, that means that a bedding area is within that area, within um, about roughly 100 yards of that trail camera as well in that same area. So if they're heading west, that trail, that bedding area is probably to the east in the evening and vice versa in the morning. If they're headed east, that means they're headed into the bedding area. I hope I'm not, I, I feel like I'm over explaining that, but I just want to be clear that that's how that kind of shakes out. And if you have pictures like that, then you can start piecing together where you think that bedding area is, and then you can try to get set up on it. Uh, that's what I've been doing on the property, the new property that I've been hunting. Um, for anybody just joining in, my family picked up a property in early September, and I've been trying to figure it out over the last couple months, spending a lot of time down there, have a lot of trail cameras out. I have nine, nine trail cameras out that are giving me a lot of data, and really just trying to figure out how this piece lays out. And uh, I've finally found a couple bedding areas because of this tactic. And then I sat one the other day and it, and it worked exactly how I thought. All the deer that I saw were headed into the bedding area. I saw three does that morning and they were headed into a bedding area and they were going up this hill at you know 6 a.m. Um, it was too dark to shoot, but I could see them going through the woods and, uh, and it made sense from what my trail cameras were telling me. So if you have the opportunity to hunt the, a bedding area in the morning, that would be um, ideal scenario. Mobile, mobile hunting that and actually going in there with a tree stand and setting up in the morning is very difficult to do unless you know the exact tree that you are getting into. For the most part, I like to pre-hang those sets. So if you're hunting private land and you can get out the day before and pre-hang a set and then just get in there really quietly in the morning, that's what I would do. Um, otherwise, if you're on public and all you can do is mobile hunt and you got to use, you got to set up everything in the morning, that's fine. Just make sure you try to get in there, uh, you know, well before, well before light. So if it gets light at 6 a.m., you know, get to your tree at 4.30 a.m. so that you can be set up and squared away by 5, 5.15. And, uh, and then you got 45 minutes of just hanging out before it gets light because those deer will be filtering through there. You may not be able to shoot them, but at least you're not busting them. And hopefully, you know, some of them are a little bit more delayed and you're able to capitalize on that when they are passing through there right in the early morning hours. Because the, the opposite that happens is if, if it gets light at 6 a.m. and you get set up, you're, you're like planning, you get to the tree at 5.30 a.m. and uh, you're trying to get set up in a half hour and it gets light, like I said, at six, you're, right on that borderline and then deer can be running through while you're just pulling your bow up and then you're just, you know, shit out of luck. So try to get in there extra early if you can, um, for those morning bedding area sets. Then as the morning progresses, say it gets to 10 AM and you're not having any luck. You tried that bedding area and just nothing's going on there or you, you picked the wrong wind or whatever. And it just kind of sucks then get out of your tree and move to what I like to call a pinch point, a funnel, or a travel corridor. 
somewhere that is a, a highly used trail or where the terrain feature makes it that deer need to pass through a very specific area and you want that pinch point or that highly used trail to go from one bedding area to another so um, if you can find that that's where you want to sit midday because generally what those bucks are going to do is right away in the morning they're going to get up they're going to or you know they're going to be up feeding all night and then they're going to come over and check those doe bedding areas right away in the morning and they're going to check them say they hit the hit say they hit bedding area a check them nothing's there they might lay down and take a little bit of a nap or something and then at 9 a.m 10 a.m whatever it is they're going to get up and they're going to go all right i got to get moving because i got to go check bedding area b and c and d yet today and what's the quickest route to go to bedding area b oh this trail all right that's the trail i'm going to use so then they'll scoot over on that trail to that next bedding area and when they do that that's what i would consider that trail to be a travel corridor or a pinch point or a funnel like that's the that's the trail they're using and you want to be set up on that and uh and deer will go back and forth between bedding area b and a or c and d like and not all of them you know you might have 10 different bucks on that prop on the property you're hunting and all 10 of them are going to use those travel routes differently some might go from a to b to c some might go from c to b to d it all depends on kind of how the wind's laying out and where they were last night and what they were up to. So there's a lot of randomness there, but at the same time, um, it's better than sitting a single bedding area because now you have the options of two different bedding areas being hit and the travel route between those two versus just one bedding area. So your odds of like being able to see deer and understand what they're doing and hopefully get a shot go up by moving to that travel corridor midday. And then in the evening, so that's that's where I'd go midday. And generally, you're looking at you're not you know you're not on a field edge. You're back in the woods. If you're hunting ridges, it's 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 a ridge that's got an open trail between two really thick areas of that ridge. That's probably where you want to sit. Or if you're hunting a swamp, it is a big trail between two like islands um, that are, are high pieces of high ground. That's what you're after. Um, and those are, those are just two examples. So if you, so then you transfer that midday and you're sitting in that midday from 10 to two and don't be afraid to get down and move. Like if you sit from 10 to noon and you don't see anything and you're, you, you're like, man, this spot, I think the spot kind of sucks. You're not confident in it. Don't worry about getting down and moving. Uh, there's a lot of people who kill deer during the rut from the ground with a tree stand on their back. Because when you're covering ground and deer are covering ground, your odds of just running into one are pretty good. I've had it happen multiple times where you're walking from one set to another set and you actually just run into deer running through the woods or you hear, you hear them running around, you hear the leaves and you're like, oh man, there's deer over there. Like what's going on over there? And then you can be positioned for success that way. I've, ha I've actually had it where I was watching a buck tend to doe from a four-wheeler while the four-wheeler was on and he was within 30 yards. He's a nice buck, like two and a half year old 10 point. He was a great looking buck and he didn't even care. I mean, all that's what the rut's all about. But the reason I say that is because you're, when you move around during the day, as long as you keep the wind in your favor and you're not just going tromping everywhere, you know, you can definitely just bump into deer 
and uh, and have that kind of once in a lifetime opportunity where all of a sudden like you're perfectly in this right scenario and here comes that buck and he's going this way and she's going that way and and away you go and you're you're in it so again if you're if you don't have confidence in where you sit then you just go try somewhere else and just the biggest thing though is just try to keep that wind in your favor so when you're planning out your midday sits maybe start at the furthest point that you can get first and then work your way back to where you started by keeping the wind in your favor the whole time. Or, you know, maybe based on the wind, you want to start at the closest point and then work your way back throughout the day. I, I don't know exactly how your scenario lays out, but, um, but yeah, just always keep that wind in your favor. And then in the evening, it's two o'clock, you're not really seeing much in your travel corridor or whatever it is. Now the evening comes around and you want to be, um, out on a trail or in a pinch point or a funnel that leads to a food source. So that's standard evening hunting. Uh, the does are going to filter out to the food and then the bucks are going to come out there and scent check those does. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, if those does are in a food source, say a cut cornfield and you got a west wind, those bucks are going to run the east side of that field and they're not going to be out in the field most of the time. They're probably going to be 5 to 10 yards, 20 yards into the woods from that field edge, just scent checking those does. If you're hunting ridges, you know, they might just pop up that ridge, take a big whiff of that field, and then drop back down the ridge and then keep going, you know, unless they smell a, a doe that is an estrus. And, uh, and that's, where you, where, that's where you're wanting to set up, you know, not right on the field edge, but... 30, 40 yards off that field edge so you can hopefully catch that buck and, and see him moving around in the woods and, and see what he's up to and then get a crack at him. So that's my morning, midday, and evening. Morning, you want to hunt bedding areas. Midday, you want to go to travel corridors, pinch points, or funnels. And then evening, you want to be close to a food source. Those are the three different ways I would break down an all-day hunt and how I would move throughout the day. Sometimes you can find those areas, the morning sits and the midday sits. Like sometimes you can find position yourself so that the bedding area is also within eyesight of the travel corridor. So then you can sit in one spot and go and hunt and do your morning through midday sit in one area and then, you know, move for an evening food source. You can also have all three be in one area which is all, all also a good spot. You know, you got a food plot and then that goes down a ridge into a food, uh, into a funnel, uh, a f travel corridor area. And then at the bottom of that travel corridor area, there's also a bedding area and you only need to sit one spot and you can sit all day there. That can happen as well. Uh, so th that would be the time where I wouldn't, I wouldn't move all day. If I knew I was close to a bedding area, in a travel corridor and close to a food source, I'm just going to sit there all day so long as I have the wind in my favor. Um, but uh, how's that, how did I say this? But the sitting all day can get really boring and it can also produce no results. Um, you might want to, even if you're in that position and you're just not seeing any movement or you're not confident, and then, then you might want to move. It's all kind of in a feeling and, and what you're thinking and what you're confident in. Because if you're confident, you're going to be more alert, more awake, more active, more, you know, in the moment. 
versus if you're not confident, you're going to be sitting there regretting why you sat there. And I've been in that position many times before myself. So, um, so that's just how I would break down an all day sit. You know, there's those three, three time frames: morning, midday, and evening. And I would really try to figure out, um, areas where both those overlap if I can, but I also like to move and be mobile and cover a lot of different areas within, you know, 20 acres, 30 acres, 40 acres, whatever you're hunting. Um, and that way you get different sites and what's going on. Also, if a doe happens to cross your path and she's being chased by a buck, try to stay on that doe. Um, if she's running over to a specific area of your of the farm or of the piece of public or whatever you're on, let that doe pass and let the bucks pass and give it another 30, 45 minutes and then get down and go, go move to wherever that doe went to. She's going to draw bucks from all over the area, scent checking and smelling her, and they're going to come in looking for her. And if you can stay close to her, then odds are you're going to run into more bucks. So that's generally how I break down where I sit all day. And when I sit all day, that's, that's what I do. Uh, another, another quick thing before I sign off here is in the mornings, if you're unsure as to where to sit and like a bedding area, and you don't know what tree you're going to get into rather than go in there and just muck around in the dark, trying to just stomping around, which I've done many a times and I always regret it. But rather than do that, let it get light first. So say it gets light at 6 a.m., maybe roll in there at 7 a.m. and just try to be as quiet as you can. You're gonna miss first light, and that's okay because a lot of times, um, you know, bucks bucks aren't moving right away at first light. Maybe maybe they've already picked up, you know, a doe. Maybe they're already bedded up for the day, or you know, for the first few hours of light. Maybe they're you know they're not even in the area. Who knows? But uh, going in there in the dark and just mucking all around is not going to do you any favors. But going in there at 7 a.m. and sacrificing that first hour of light so that you can be very quiet and very precise and know exactly where you're going. You can see where you're headed and all that stuff and you're not mucking around. That can provide a lot better result than, like I said, being in there blind. And uh, that's, that's a tip that I have. Um, I, I like to do that a lot. If I'm hunting, I don't like to hunt new areas in the morning because of that exact reason. I don't know what tree I'm going to be able to sit in. I don't know, you know, where the trails are and what my shooting lanes look like. I have no idea. So I don't like getting in a tree in the dark that I've never been in before. So I'll always try to preset it the next, the day before, or I'll have, it'll be a tree I've sat in the evening before or something like that. Or if I haven't done that at all, and I'm just heading into an area totally blind, I'll just wait until it gets light and then head in. And, uh, you know, you get to sleep in a little bit in the morning, which is nice. Um, but also the biggest reason is because then you're not, you know, disturbing that entire area and you can be more precise. So I hope that helps you guys on where to sit all day. All day sits are coming around. You know, food uh, is a big one, food and water peanut butter, jellies, um, you know, that's my big thing, Nutrigrain bars, whatever, whatever, nutty bars, I like those a lot too. Um, filling your food with a bunch of, or your pack with a bunch of snacks is always great. Uh, bringing water is definitely something that I usually forget, but, but something you should always remember because um, staying hydrated is very important in the stand. 
And another big thing a lot of people talk about is peeing out of a tree stand. There's been multiple studies done that peeing out of a tree stand uh, really doesn't do anything negative for the deer. So if you guys want to pee out of the tree stand, that's totally fine. If you want to pee at the base of the tree, it's totally fine. Within a few minutes, um, bucks don't even really smell it anymore. It's back in the ground. And if they do smell it, uh, they usually it smells just like anything else's pee. Could be you know, could be raccoon pee, could be your pee, could be human, could be deer. It's not a big deal. I've peed literally out of a tree stand onto the tree next to me and had bucks come by, smell it, and not even care at all. So um, it's it's not a big deal. A lot of people think they need to bring extra bottles and stuff for their piss. It don't worry about it. You can pee out of your tree. Not a big deal. So um, so bring water is the big thing there and snacks and then just make sure you're comfortable you know bring multiple layers when you're moving around if you're if you are going to move from stand to stand take off your big um your big thick jacket and just wear your sweatshirt so you don't start sweating sweat is what makes you cold when you stop um, that water on your skin and that evaporation is what makes you cold so if you cannot sweat you're going to stay warmer so taking off your big thick layers before you uh, get down, pull all your stand sets and everything, and then move, you know, 100, 200 yards, it's going to help you a lot uh, in terms of staying warm throughout the day. I always try to do that as much as I can, um, having some sort of layering system so that when you get to your tree, you know, you're pretty warm from your walk in, you climb up your tree, you get all set, and, and you're pretty cold at that point. And then you throw on, once you get it into your tree stand, you throw on your big jacket, you throw on your big pants, and because then, you know, that'll keep you warm while you're sitting there. But then when you decide to move, take those pieces off and just go in your, you know, the least amount of layers you can where you're not, you know, freezing and, uh, and you can move around it and just don't sweat. That's sweat is bad for cold. It's also bad for scent. You know, the more you sweat, the more scent you're going to produce as well. So that's the other big thing there. Bring multiple layers, bring those snacks. And, uh, you know, binos help a lot too during the rut. So you can just spy things up and you can see deer. And uh, don't forget your rattling antlers or your grunt tube. There's a lot of stuff to bring. But uh, if you have them, you know, they're always fun to play with. I'm not good at calling, but I always enjoy tickling the antlers together just to see if they can bring something in. And I've had it work um, once or twice, but I've always had also had it not work, you know, 100 times. Same with grunt tubes, uh, had it work once or twice, had it not work a hundred times, but just having them just in case, like that's, that's what you, that's what they're doing. They're grunting, um, they're snort wheezing and you can do it back at them. You know, that might be very helpful. So anyway, that's all I got. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Got any questions, hit me up. You can find me at deer vein on Instagram as well as Facebook and, uh, best of luck to you guys during the rut. Catch you later.